This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Vintage Minnesota Hockey, your exclusive source for throwback Minnesota jerseys. Visit VintageMNHockey.com. Now, here's Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. Good evening and welcome to the GPL Podcast. We're back for episode number 95. We're getting close to 100 there, Viggs. Getting close to 100. Getting up there. We'll have a big celebration for the 100th, right? Huge. Gigantic celebration. Well, we're just waiting for Hammy to get home from work and then we'll he'll, we'll add him to the broadcast. But uh, uh, a pretty good start to the season up there in, in Alaska, Viggs. You know, a uh, 6-0 win over Anchorage and a 6-3 win over Fairbanks uh, a couple days later. Uh, uh, obviously, quite a few people that had not contributed before are contributing big time now, like the Gates and obviously like a Pitlick and, and whatnot. But uh, overall, a good weekend. Yeah, I, I think one of the most uh, amazing things coming out of the weekend was Alaska-Anchorage had gone like 15 years without losing an opening night. And, you know, they usually get a decent team in there for that opening game. So Minnesota really came through. Uh, one of the things with this year's teams is they had so many returning players who kind of expected uh, to be in the same role this season, and they all delivered. I thought everything was clicking. They had four lines going. Um, and then they put in uh, a couple new guys on the Sunday game, and uh, I think they started off a little bit slower. I think that's the, the trouble with the trip out to Alaska is that fatigue of the long weekend kind of sets in, but everybody stepped up, and they got two Ws. Well, definitely huge. I mean, I mean, obviously, I've, I've always, I never really liked those games in Alaska. Like you said, it, it just, you know, what the crowd, and you were talking about it today, you know, with, you, know you, you mentioned through Twitter that Vinny – uh, said it was it was almost like a morgue in there, wasn't it? There was not very many people that can hear themselves, and it's just it's not the best atmosphere to kick off a season. No, I think it's a tough way to do it, especially you know the programs are kind of on the brink out there. You know, they, they might are, lose yeah. their funding, um, so they're having a hard time recruiting there. So I think that's a real tough environment to get up for it. You know, Vinny did compare it to a morgue, which is Joe Lewis Arena for the Big Ten tournament. Uh, <laughs> but the, the players found some energy and, and legs and uh, got some goal scoring, I think, because they had a lot of possession and they were good at getting pucks to the net. And when there were turnovers, they were able to get in transition. So I think that was a little promising start for them. Where did Brent Gates Jr. come from, Viggs? Uh, he actually <laughs> got to have an offseason this year. Okay. Um, he met with the media the Wednesday before the under-18 game, and he said that last year he just never, ever felt right. Um, his whole offseason kind of got um, trashed recovering from his uh, broken leg, and it really affected him. And he said this year, you know, he had a good offseason, and he's not worried about his leg at all. Um, he's got lots of strength, and, you know, when you're skating well and don't have any swelling and pain, you know, everything's a little bit easier. And he got rewarded by getting put up on the gold line uh, for the U18 team game. And then it looks like he's going to be there again this weekend. Well, it's definitely nice to see him scoring. I mean, uh, obviously, obviously he struggled last year. 
And uh, what do you have? Three goals on the weekend up there in Alaska. I know he had. Yeah, yeah, he's the leading goal scorer. Yeah, and then he, I, the he, he had a couple more goals in the exhibition game. Um, and obviously, uh, oh, Pitlick had the hat trick in the exhibition game, but Pitlick w- uh, had a had a what he had at least one goal up in Alaska, didn't he? Yep, he had a goal and assist, and he looked really good in the Alaska games. Uh, I was really surprised at his speed. Yes, um, I, you know, he put on all that extra weight in the USHL last year, and I was a little concerned from some of the highlights I saw that he wasn't, you know, an elite skater. But uh, he is really surprised. He's got a lot of explosiveness, and uh, everybody on the team and the coaching staff talks about his shot, which is definitely something that this Gopher team needs. They need guys who can shoot the puck and score. And he looks to be that kind of player. Well, his goal against Anchorage was definitely a sniper type of shot. Um, he, he had another one in the exhibition. Uh, I, it's looking very promising for this Pitlick kid, to say the least. Yeah, he's definitely going to be a good player for them. Um, you know, Lucia says he's got that kind of elite talent. And uh, he, he really rose up the draft boards. He went from being a guy who was going to be like a fifth, sixth round pick to maybe being a free agent um, all the way into the second round. And, you know, he got the exposure at the World Junior Evaluation Camp and at the Preds Dev Camp this offseason. And uh, he's just stepped into a nice role. Uh, you couldn't have two better line mates than Bristet and Letary. Uh, Lucia has kept him at center because that's where he had all the success in the USHL. And uh, he looks like a good fit there. Yeah, but with Bristet and Letary, those are two hardworking guys. Um, they're definitely going to get down there and get those greasy pucks out of the corner and set Pitlick up nicely. Yeah, I mean, Bristat's a, a battler. He's one of the more tenacious four-checkers on the team, um, and they all bring a lot of energy. Um, talking with Lucia today, he said you know, they wanted Pitlick to feel comfortable in the center position, but they still will use Letary for his defensive role in the, you know, the low man forward to help out at points. Um, but, you know, Pitlick looks good out there with those two. And another thing that uh, I did notice was, uh, you know, not just, you know, the gates getting into it, but it seemed like uh, we were fairly balanced in scoring up in Alaska. Well, maybe the, the first line didn't get do as much, but uh, it seems like a lot of the supporting lines have really kind of stepped up their game. I mean, fourth line putting up goals and that type of work. <laughs> Yeah, I think the fourth line outscored the first line in yeah. Alaska. Yep. Um, they kind of got off to a slow start points-wise, um, the Cluse, uh, Smatula, Camerata line. And so I think that's one of the reasons why Lucia shook up the lineup a little bit. Um, so we'll see how that pans out. Well, they come back from Alaska and uh, had an exhibition game last Friday night. Um, Viggs, usually the U under or the USA under 18 team puts up a much better fight than they did Friday night because I've never seen them that bad before. I mean, I know the Gophers are improved this year, but the team USA must be really down because they were just downright awful. Yeah, this, this team doesn't have kind of the elite talent like, uh, Austin Matthews or uh, Phil Kessel or, you know, anybody like that, and they don't have a great goaltender like a Thatcher Demko. Um, and I think the other thing is playing Minnesota so early in the year, Minnesota still had something to prove. You know, they're still looking to, f- to get their lineup going, and I think the game meant more to them this year than okay. it has in the past. I think there's a lot of competition for spots on this year's team, 
And so I think you saw a little extra jump out of Minnesota because of that. But, I mean, it was 8 nothing after two periods. That, I mean, these games that we've always played with them, I mean, they've never been blowouts. I mean, they've beaten us. You know, they beat us a couple years ago. They're usually your 5-2-3-1 type of game. Um, but 9 nothing, uh, Something's going on over there, Team USA. That just, that just I, I didn't see that coming at, at all. Yeah, I didn't see that coming either because they had played some games earlier in the season against Harvard and a couple other um, Division One schools, and it wasn't quite as bad as it was against Minnesota. So it was probably just you know one of Minnesota's better games against the U eighteen and one of the U eighteen team's worst. Yeah, I, jeez, yeah, I, I was really surprised to say the least. Very surprised. Well, we're getting questions coming in already, Viggs. Um, Scofar wants to know, question for the show, $130 ticket for UND series? I know they're defending champs, but Metallica was cheaper. <laughs> well, there are more seats for Metallica. <laughs> that is true. Uh, we, we've talked about this over the years, folks. We know Minnesota is the most expensive. Uh, we, we don't like it any more than you do. But as long as uh, the fans keep buying these tickets, they're going to keep selling them for these prices, don't you think, Viggs? Yeah, I almost think if they don't, the scalpers are going to be the ones making the money and not the university. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're not pulling these ticket prices out of thin air. They're looking for, you know, comparable uh, entertainment comparisons in the Twin Cities. And, you know, if you want to go to the Guthrie, it's going to cost you about that, that much. So, you know, maybe not a lot of people in the Mary Arena stands are going to Guthrie, but you know they do have some entertainment entertainment money to spend, and you know I think it's what the market will bear. Even Goon, our favorite uh, UND fan, is saying that's highway robbery. Well, people are going to pay it. I, I don't <laughs> think there are many tickets left for that game. Yeah, people have been clamoring for this matchup for the past five years, basically, is to get this game back on the schedule. And, uh, you know, they're going to deliver. I'm sure North Dakota isn't going to be giving away tickets when the Gophers come up there. No. No. Well, Nate Wells is wondering. He likes that uh, you're doing all the analysis of of the game against USA, but I was at the game and you weren't. Well, Nate, I'm not a great hockey mind. I just host the show. I let Vigo and Hammy have the great hockey mind. You should know that by now, Nate. There's a reason why we have Vigo on and Hammy on. They know their shit. I don't. That's just the way it is. And I just want to tell Nate, there was a BTN stream for that game, which is accessible to any University of Minnesota student, faculty. Uh, They can log in with their VPN and then go to Big Ten Network and get a free stream all year. Yeah, so there, Nate. What do you think of that? (laughs) I'm just glad Nate's listening. I'm glad Nate's listening too because he he did pump me up a little bit today and got me over the thousand follower mark. So I appreciate that, Nate. The, really, people, why aren't you following Vigo at evigo on on Twitter? Go there. They now. just want you to retweet things, and that's what they think is important. Maybe, uh, but get on there and just follow him. It's not that hard, folks. It it really isn't. Um, another question here, since Hammy still isn't online yet. Jeez, we might just skip him for the show. Oh, wait a minute. I, I'm, I'm seeing that he wants to be added to the call now. Maybe we can get Hammy on here. Who knows? While, while I'm getting him on, Josh wants to know, after taking a step back last year, 
What can we expect from Ryan Collins this year? I think one of the issues with Ryan last year was that he got into a mental hole. You know, when he didn't make the national junior team, you know, he started making a few mistakes. And it wasn't like he was playing injured or, you know, didn't have the ability to play well. He just kind of got into his own head and started overplaying the puck, overplaying the body. And uh, I think he was just skating himself into trouble. So I think, you know, he's got a clean start this year. And, uh, and if he doesn't perform, you know, they've got six other guys who can play D. I'm sensing Hammy has joined the call. I'm in the house. But Jupe has muted himself. Yes, I've muted myself. Sorry about that. That was my bad. I, I just never know. Hammy, are you there? I Wait, am here, yes. he, I hear you in your car. I hear your turn signal ticking. Are you in the Civic? Yeah, well, it, it was. No, I am <laughs> Podcast not. from the Civic. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, actually, Hammy, we were just talking about Collins. Uh, and what can we expect this year out of Mr. Collins? This is a question from Twitter by Josh. What do you think? Is he going to be in the lineup as Jeez. often? That's kind of a million-dollar question. I mean, last <laughs> year I was very oh, – yeah. I was very optimistic about Oh yeah, we, you know, we based we, on how he kind of looked as a freshman. I thought, you know, he would take a step up. Yeah, well, like Vigo says, um, he he's got a little more competition this year, so it's uh, there, there's always going to be somebody there to take his place. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely more from a, a freshman perspective competition this year, and I think the depth is better. But it's hard to say because I mean. Um, yeah, I had high expectations of him last year, and he just did not kind of step up to the dirt in the way that we thought that he would. And uh, I'm kind of anxious to see. I mean, uh, I'm a little bit – I've always said that I'm a little skeptical of those guys that come into college that are real tall because it just seems like they take longer to kind of hit their stride and grow into their body. And um, he kind of has some of those limitations, especially with the puck. So it's kind of hard to say – my, I'm kind of really open about what I'm going to think that he's going to do this year because of the competition and whether he's going to have some of these opportunities. His leash is probably going to be shorter this year. Well, expanding more on the defensemen, um, Vigo, what did you think of Zul's Dorth and Lindgren up in Alaska? Well, I thought they both added a lot to the offensive play for the Gophers. <laughs> um, <laughs> Seeing that, uh, what was it, Lindgren who hadn't scored all last year? It was Zulstorf. Zulstorf. There you go. I knew one of them hadn't then, scored. Then he gets uh, he gets two. <laughs> so I think uh, there are a few jokes that uh, he was going to tell Romanko how to score goals in college. <laughs> um, but I I think the the real test is going to be this weekend for for those guys. Um, I think it's going to be a test for Sadek. I think it's going to be a test for Collins to play against a team like St. Cloud that can get in tr- transition and capitalize on mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Alaska series. You know, guys could turn over the puck, they could make a mistake, they could get caught out of position, and the Gophers just had way more speed than anybody in Alaska to get back and, and recover. Uh, when they're playing a team like St. Cloud, those mistakes turn into odd man rushes, and we all know that St. Cloud can convert on those. Well, before we get on to St. Cloud, let's listen to our, well, our broadcast partner, Vintage Minnesota Hockey. VintageMNHockey.com is a proud sponsor of the GPL podcast. 
Well, what is vintage MN hockey? Well, it's kind of the place to get all of your history of Minnesota hockey, from the pros to the minors to the collegiate teams to even the high school teams. All information about any of those teams can be found on VintageMNHockey.com. They also have great interviews with some historical Minnesota hockey figures like John Mayasich and Lou Nanny, Glenn Sonmore, some of the greats of Minnesota hockey. So make sure you check out those interviews. It's a really great thing. But as like I always say, I think my favorite part is the store. The store, you can buy a custom historical jersey from the Gophers or the Bulldogs or some of your favorite high school teams. And if you do make a purchase, just use the code GPLPODCAST, all one word, and you'll get 10% off your order. So make sure you visit VintageMNHockey.com and follow them on Twitter at VintageMNHockey. All right, Hammy, home and home with St. Cloud. St. Cloud just uh, was swept by Mankato. Uh... (laughs) Not a good start for the Huskies. No, I mean, I think that you kind of had to expect, uh, at least early in the year, a little bit of a, you know, some some issues because they are, they did lose a lot of veteran players, a lot of their best players from last year's team. And obviously there's going to be a transition early on um, to be able to kind of cover some of those losses. And so not horribly surprised, I mean, especially when you're on the road, um, for your first real series of the year, and Mankato's, you know, got some good talent. They're not a, certainly a, not a slouch for a team. So, um, in that sense, they'll be a little bit more battle tested than the Gophers. I mean, it's not like the Gophers had great competition up in Alaska, and um, certainly it's nice to win a couple games and start off the year that way. But they're not going to be as battle tested in that sense. So, um, I feel good. I think the Gophers are a lot more veteran, and I think that. Um, we have obviously much better uh, depth this year. Uh oh. Um, but I'm pretty optimistic about the weekend. You hear me? Yeah, we can hear you again. We lost you for a second there. Uh, sorry. Uh, I just drove by the Vikings facility, so maybe their Wi Fi. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably Cardinal's fault. Wow. Um, Throwing so anyways, Cardinal under uh, the bus. You know. I'm taking cheap shots, I know. Um, but, yeah, I'm pretty optimistic about the weekend, and I'm, I'm excited. I mean, with the home-and-home, home, you never really have – you're not really exactly guaranteeing, uh, you know, a sweep, but certainly I, I feel pretty good about our opportunity to come out with a couple wins. But I'm sure St. Cloud will be uh, pretty hungry after last weekend. Viggs, uh, obviously uh, St. Cloud lost a lot of offense and, and, and a pretty darn good goalie from last year's team. Uh but uh, I really was surprised that they were swept four to one and six to four in Mankato this past weekend. Uh, what can we look for from the Huskies? Well, I think you're going to see a team that's going to have to protect their young goaltenders. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Smith and Zach Driscoll look like the two guys that are fighting for the job, and um, Driscoll gave up five goals pretty quickly uh, against Mankato uh, last Saturday. Um, Moscow wants to try to find a guy that he can call his number one, and I think they're going to be searching for a while. So I think you'll see St. Cloud be a little bit more cautious than they usually are um, to try to you know limit chances on him. And uh, you know their power play is completely new this year too, so that's that's something to look for. They were over four on the weekend against uh, Mankato. The Gopher PK looked pretty good in Alaska because they got a lot of work. Um, and that was a problem for the University of Minnesota last year. 
So I think that's a, a key to their game is to make sure they don't allow St. Cloud's power play to get going. And one big heads up for the Friday night game down at Mariucci, folks. Well, obviously the game is, starts at 8 p.m., but uh, you've got a homecoming parade earlier in the evening. You've got a concert at TCF Bank Stadium starting at 7.30. It's going to be a complete cluster down at the U. Uh, University Avenue is going to be closed uh, for, for a while. Um, so get down there early. Just get down there maybe either go to the parade or something like that or get some dinner. But uh, just know that it's not going to be easy moving around there Friday night. So uh, I, I can't stress it enough. Get down there early because um, we need a full house there. It's been a while since we had a full house there, Viggs, and usually St. Cloud would bring in a full house. Yeah, you'd think so. I was kind of surprised to see some single tickets still available for that game. I know um, Minnesota's season ticket base dropped quite a bit. Um, I think it's about 6,200 this year. Um, so there are probably about 3,800 single-game tickets for sale, and I know that they were still working through those uh, this week. Um, but, you know, maybe one of the, the bright spots of having a, a smaller season ticket holder base is you get people who get excited for the games they do get to attend, and we'll see more tickets scanned this weekend. Yeah, except they're making that people pay an arm and a leg. <laughs> Hey, if people pay an arm and a leg, maybe they're more likely to use the tickets. I know, you know, the atmosphere for the the regional that they Spoken held there. like a true played, marketer. <laughs> when they played uh, Ferris State, that was a great crowd for that game. So maybe we'll see some new blood in the arena. That would be nice. That would be nice. Um, but Jupe isn't going. I saw him whining about it on uh, GPL. Yeah. Well, actually... Um, my daughter has having her new phone delivered Friday, and I'm going to be getting it all set up for her, and I'm like, I'm not going to complain and want to get up Saturday morning to do it. She's going to want it when that phone arrives, so that's when I'm going to do it. And then I started thinking, do I really want to go down and mess with the cluster anyway? I could just turn it on TV, so I'm fine with it. I can go to any game I want. You you heard it first there, folks. He's not going. He's bailing. <laughs> I'm bailing. I'm just such a fair weather fan. I you know I don't. Do and you're dis- you're disgruntled that you can't take pictures in between oh, the benches. Oh, don't get me started with that, man. I don't need to get myself into more trouble bitching about that. This is your forum to complain about the new policy. I not can't, allowing. I can't you because Deutsch will hear about it and he'll like suspend me again. So who knows. No, I'm the problem child on the podcast. No, no. Right? I tr- trust me, I'm the one who got in trouble last year when I talked about what I heard on the bench, so. Yes, but when that I throw when I get mad, they complain <laughs> about me not being professional enough and I'm like, I'm not professional. That's the whole point. <laughs> well, at I'm least they talking head. They really like you, Vig, so you're good. I try to be professional. <laughs> I just, I'm trying to get more of the fans' perspective at times. And when the fans are upset, um, we're not going to hide it. I, I, I'm just not going to do that. I mean, but I'm not okay, going to so what did I miss? what did I miss early on the podcast? Come on. Oh, well, what, we basically what did we talk just, about? We talked about, you know, up in Alaska, the trip. and Well, let's get your thoughts on... Well, right, obviously, what, I, obviously what, you love what were your, your takes? What was the take? Come on. I mean, who, who did well, we... Well, my take kind of is... Did anybody complain about Cammy this week? <laughs> we didn't even mention his name, except for Vigo. You did mention that uh, he was moved down to the fourth line. 
when when Brent Gates took his place. Well, it's so actually um, Connor Riley up with uh, the first oh. line. Okay. Um, Gates got got put on uh, the second line. Okay. Well, I don't. I, I can't keep track of which line is which anymore. But it's but, complicated. Well, but we were impressed with I'm, Gates. We were impressed with Gates, uh, and obviously Pitlick. Um, I, we thought Pitlick was going to come in and make uh, make his mark. That's great. But uh, kind of the surprise was Gates. What do you, what do you think, Hammy? Well, I mean, he was one of the guys that I mentioned in the first podcast that I thought might, mm-hmm. you know, be a little bit of a surprise this year, mainly because, I mean, last year, I mean, he was coming off of the injury, and I don't think, I mean, not that I've spoken to him about it, but it's like I really don't think that he was comfortable coming into the season with his health, and you know how it is when you start off on, especially as a freshman, kind of on that kind of a foot, you're you're kind of behind the eight ball early on. And I thought that maybe this year having some, you know, a healthy off season and, and the workouts and all that, that he might be able to contribute more. And um, he's always had good hands. Obviously he's got a father that was a pro athlete. And so, you know, he has the genetics for some of that. And um, he was a good baseball player. So the hand eye coordination and all that, uh, he has that. So it's, it's something that I'm not surprised. I think he could really develop into something special from a goal scoring perspective. Yeah, so obviously we like Gates. Uh, uh, we liked uh, Pitlick. You know, he had a nice sniper goal up in Alaska. Uh, I don't know if we can put too much stock in a, in a hat trick against Team USA because Team USA is awful this year, but it was still a hat trick. <laughs> well, and you have to look at the way he scored the goals. I mm-hmm. mean, there were some sniper shots. You know I mean? It wasn't like it was some sloppy. Yeah, I mean, we're, we are talking about some good players. Now, granted, they're not college guys, but when you're beating guys cleanly with great shots, I mean, you know, that's saying something. So, and, you know, he's definitely going to be a guy that uh, I think that we're going to be really excited to see progress. And he might be, you know, given his size, he might be one of those guys that's going to be around a little longer than maybe what you're going to see from, you know, a Bugstad type of guy that's going to have that NHL prototype size. Is, is he our goal scorer, Figs? I mean, we haven't really had a true goal scorer in a while. We could use one yeah, of those. It's, it's been a long time since they've had a true sniper goal scorer. I think probably uh, Ryan Poltoni might be the last guy who could really be counted on for that kind of stuff. Uh, um, so he looks right. like he's definitely got the shot and uh, the nose for scoring goals. Um, he's a completely different player than Camerata coming out of the USHL as a scoring champion. So... Um, He's already showed that he can make a difference in a game. It'll be interesting to see how he does now um, with a little bit less time and space and a faster game against St. Cloud, but the potential is there, and all the players talk about in practice that he does stand out. So do you guys think uh, think pretty smart, pretty positive this weekend? I'm thinking, you know, St. Cloud uh, is not as good as we thought. They, they, they can't replace the scoring. They're goaltending a suspect. I'm thinking that uh, Minnesota is ripe for a sweep of the Huskies this weekend. Biggs? The potential is definitely there. I think St. Cloud's kind of in that situation that Minnesota was in last year where they lost, you know, a lot of their leadership Mm -hmm. and there's just that vacuum in the room and they had a freshman goalie, you know, so there's a lot of uncertainty going into the season with that team and getting that early sweep against by uh, Minnesota state puts them in a tough spot. So I, I definitely think Minnesota's got a chance to get two wins this weekend, and they're going to need it. I think the Big Ten's down this year, 
and uh, Minnesota really needs to play well during their non-conference games to get themselves in a comfortable position that pair-wise early. Ham, are you home now? It sounds like it. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm, I'm home. Hopefully I don't get mugged. Oh, jeez. As I walk in the dark. I can hear you taking your keys out. No, I don't live out. in a bad neighborhood. I'm good. Uh, so what do you think? Sweep? Come on. Call a sweep. You know, I, I do think that there's a good chance for that, given the fact that I think from a goaltending perspective, you know, we definitely have an advantage there. I think they are very youthful um, compared to prior seasons. So I think that there's a really good chance that it's a go for sweep this week. There you go, folks. It's going to be a sweep. It's going to be a sweep. Okay. I'm just going with it. You guys have anything else you want to talk about right now? Well, we got the Lucia contract yeah, extension. You know, just just like you said. You said on the podcast that it was usually, last time he signed it, it was right before um, the season. And sure enough, the next day, it was announced. Yeah, so. apparently they had a deal pretty much set in stone in, in July. Mm-hmm. And it uh, just took a while to get it processed, I think. The Regents uh, and Coyle wanted to make sure that they had everybody on board before they got it signed, and, you know, they got it done. Uh, I thought one of the most interesting things in the contract, though, was Lucia says he wants to evaluate the entire program's coaching staff pay at the end of the season. Um, And in in, uh, availability last week, he specifically mentioned Wisconsin as setting the bar for assistant coach pay, and I think the the assistance there again, two hundred thousand a year. And I thought um, last time we got information on the assistance at Minnesota, you know, it was like one twenty, one thirty for Genzel, and like a hundred for Grant. Mm-hmm. So you know, that's definitely something they're going to be looking at at the end of the year. Any thoughts on the contract signing there, Hammy? You know what I had heard is one of the things that I actually had heard is that Lucia had, you know, so I'm not surprised about the. Um, what Vig said because I heard that one of the things is Lucia was kind of holding out a bit more to get um, Patonia raised. Um, so whether that's that was one of the rumors I had heard. So um, that doesn't entirely shock me that that would be a part of it. Um, you know, I, I, I'm still wondering long term if it ultimately matters to have that contract. I just have a feeling it's. Um, there is some sort of a plan in the works of some sort to make, uh, you know, kind of that transition. I don't know, but I, I just, from the things I've heard in the off season, I'm still not entirely convinced that he's going to finish out the contract. Um, it could be a perception thing, but of course, in recruiting for college hockey, the recruits are so young that they're not going to, a lot of them aren't going to even be on campus for another two, three, four years. So it's not really as big of a deal, but for the perception standpoint, but you know, if it's nice to have this, I don't have any issues with Lucia. I do think that there has to be a point where you start thinking about that kind of transition. Cause, um, I'm, I'm a big believer in fresh blood and I, you know, he's been around a long time and we're seeing what it's like at Wisconsin, you know, I mean, Wisconsin's maybe not right there yet, but there's certainly, there's a lot of renewed energy, both in recruiting and, as far as their team performance, and um, I think there's something to be said for looking forward to some of the things like that. I got to be honest; I could not believe how much contributions he gets towards his re- retirement. It's it, it was not what, a bad bad gig oh, if you can get it. It right? was like was it it was over two hundred or thousand a year. Wow, 
I don't I'm, know. Diggs I'm, is the expert. Ask I, him. Uh, he probably hasn't memorized. <laughs> <laughs> I just. I, I know mean, that's more money than I'll be making. Yeah, I know. I just. I, I just could not believe how much. You know, obviously that goes straight into his four hundred and one k or whatever kind of retirement they have. But I, I want to say it was almost two thirds of his current yearly salary going into f- retirement each year. I'm like, holy buckets. That's, yeah, that's, it's about half of his base pay. So, uh, boy, I, we we could all just dream of something like that. So, I thought you get that, man. Put already put in your, your guys. What'd you say, Viggs? Well, he's got to put up with guys like us and uh, Jason Gonzalez. <laughs> I don't know if anybody caught the the audio of uh, Lucia and Gonzalez going after it in the first availability, but uh, Lucia was giving Jason an awfully hard time. Why is that? There's a little tension there, I think. <laughs> well, speaking of... What that- happened? What happened? I didn't hear anything. What happened with that? Oh, he just uh, was asking Lucia if having an unsigned contract influences his decisions with how he runs the program. And Lucia had signed the contract the day before and knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. And he, he started needling uh, Jason if he has a contract with the Star Tribune and if that oh, affects right. his thinking. So oh, they're going back and forth a little bit. So. Yeah, I, I actually remember that now that you say that because uh, uh, we had that, you know, we always add, you know, Vigo captures the audio every week and I add it to the end of the of the, of the podcast. So if you're, if you're listening live, you can't hear it, but if you, you can download it later on. Uh, Vigo, you were there today. You ca- captured some audio. What can you tell us about what you captured today at uh, media availability? Well, we got Vinny Letary doing his best to uh, throw a lot of cliches at us <laughs> as they this weekend with St. Cloud and and how it's a fresh start this year and they're they're not concerned about the past because uh, <laughs> they think one that's game at the a right time. One game at a time. <laughs> you know, the most important game is Friday, and then after Friday's done, the most important game is Saturday. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, Leon was a little bit more colorful. He uh, loves going to St. Cloud because uh, the energy in the building. Um, I know those St. Cloud fans get there early for warm-ups and try to get in the Gophers' heads. Hint, and, uh, hint, Gopher fans. Up. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, well, you, you, you know, hear that a lot. See a early arriving crowd for that 8 p.m. game. So I mean, you hear that a lot. I'm sorry, you do. You hear these students say, you know, I like to go to Grand Forks. I like to go to uh, St. Cloud because of the, because of the atmosphere, because of the crowd. You don't really hear him saying too much of that about Mariucci. I don't know. No, the, the visiting teams like to play the Gophers because the Gophers are the Yankees of college hockey. It's not because of the crowd. Yeah. So you get brushed in. And I'm just, obviously, I get you, betcha Lucia gave you about uh, five, ten minutes of audio today as well. Mm-hmm. So yep, I'll... he talked a little bit about um, you know the new guys, Pitlick and Gates, playing really well. Um, kind of give an update on, you know, the lines are going to be similar to what they were last week. Um, he's probably going to rotate some guys in and out of the lineup, kind of predetermined for Friday, Saturday, so it won't really be a reflection of their play. Uh, I think he's a little concerned with uh, Glover getting back into game shape, so you might not see him this weekend. You might see the same six defensemen because okay. they've, they've played well so far. Okay. Well, remember, we, um, we add that to the end of the podcast, so Vigo sends that audio over every week. So we've got plenty of all the Lucia and Bristed and uh, Letary. We'll add that at the end, so make sure you tune in after the show. Uh, do you have something else yeah, to say there, Viggs? Yeah, Letary and Lucia both also talked about how well Ramsey and um, Romanco played uh, in the opening 
couple weeks here, and they do such a great job of playing um, below the, the the red line. You know, mm-hmm. really cycling the the puck in the offensive zone and controlling the game. And uh, he said those guys probably have made some of the biggest jumps on the team. Well, yeah, you know, actually post game against Team USA, uh, that was the media availability. It was uh, Romanco and uh, Ramsey. I don't think I'd ever seen either of them after a game before. So it was kind of refreshing to see those guys and hear hear what they had to say. So, Hammy, you got anything to close up here? Uh, not too much. Uh, I'm sure that you guys pretty much covered this, you know, this last series, and I'm yeah. looking forward to this series. Uh, I think it's going to be exciting. I think St. Cloud has that kind of brand of play that uh, I think we all generally like to see, that kind of skating, more offensive style, and um, I think that'll kind of play right into our strengths, so I'm just really optimistic for the weekend. Anything to close up there, Viggs? Uh, does Hammy have any comments on the recent recruits of uh, Hannes and Coaster? I believe it's Kester, actually. Kester? Yes. I learned young, that. Young uh, players. I can't say I have. I mean, I don't so, have anything. They're so I mean, young. They're so young right now. I mean, I, the only thing I could really say about it is that I, I'm, I know we've had this big discussion on GPL, and we've had it on prior podcasts about recruiting really young and the pros and the cons. And Ugh, um, Yeah, I'm just a little concerned about the amount of that what we were doing. I think that um, – it's not necessary in some instances. I, I just really believe that we need to be a little bit more particular about the kinds of guys that we are doing that with. And I don't know that I'm not saying that these guys won't turn into really good players. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just, I'm not sure that I like doing it as often as I've, as we have seen lately. So uh, I think I'd like to see them a little more selective on that, but hopefully it works out for the best. You know, I, I think they should be good players They're good players for their age, but you just kind of have to start to wonder if we're doing that a little too often. Well, I can't argue with that. And like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, you know, a few proposals getting out there about uh, recruiting at a much later age and setting up some rules for it. So uh, I know I would be a big fan of that. I'm guessing some of the minor schools would not be, but that's uh, yeah, too bad. What can you do? Well, I think the NCHC is also one of the drivers for that, Yeah, you know, Legislation, so I think it could happen. You know, if you get the big schools voting that way, and you get some of the NCHC schools voting that way, you know, it's enough to get a majority. I would hope so because I think it's a good rule. I think it's a good rule for you know basketball and all the other sports, football and whatnot. So um, we shouldn't be. What did you say last week that uh, Florida State recruited like a ninth eighth grader, grade eighth grader? Player. I mean, I mean, come on. I can see hockey because hockey, you see it pretty well, but football, uh, that's just, oh, I just don't understand that. So, Well, we'll be back next week to uh, recap this home-and-home series with St. Cloud and uh, preview the series out east against, uh, what was it, St. Lawrence? and I can't remember. Clarkson. Clarkson, yeah, there we go. Um, until then, make sure you follow Vigo at Evigo and Hammy at Hammy Hockey on Twitter. Thanks for listening, folks.
Vinny, you played St. Cloud last year twice, but this is a vastly different team than, than the one we saw last year, isn't it? Yeah, um, I mean, every year we, us and the teams around us have new players coming in, new players graduating, or old players graduating, so I think uh, it's important for us just to focus on uh, our team rather than theirs. I know we're going to get a pre-scout from our coaches on what their tendencies are. Uh, maybe there's some the same from last year. Maybe some of them change, but uh, we're just focused on going into this game. Uh, worrying, worrying about us Friday night, and then after Friday, worrying about Saturday. Do those results last year, though, do they resonate somewhat heading into no, no, we don't. We don't like to look at the past. Uh, it's a new year, new players, and uh, we're starting off fresh. And uh, I think we're, we're just worried about us and worrying about what our what our identity is as a team. Have you learned any lessons from your experience playing Minnesota schools in the past and yeah, handling I mean, it better? Yeah, I, whether they're whether they're good on the year or not, whenever you play Minnesota teams. You always have the extra boost with every player in the locker rooms on both sides. So whether they're good, they're having a good year or a bad year, it's always going to be a game just because of the in-state rivalry, and uh, we're both looking forward to it. So I'm really excited for that, and we're just going to take it one game at a time. Vinny, is there an emphasis from the guys to really have more success this year in the non-conference games? Yep, that's definitely a, a big aspect that we want to look forward to is non-conference, so it helps us going to the Big Ten tournament. Couple of pretty small crowds in Alaska, and you know, are you looking forward to playing in maybe a little better atmosphere this weekend, both in your building and up in their building? Yeah, definitely. It'll be a lot better than that. It reminds me a little bit when we were in Detroit playing for the Big Ten. There is, you can just hear yourselves out there talking to each other. It's like a practice, but uh, it's just one of those things that you can't worry about the fan base around you. You just got to worry about what's going on on the ice and what's going on with your team, and uh, just focus on the game itself. Yeah, the opportunity to play a few games with Rumpet Lake uh, so far. What do you like from him, and uh, how's it been going? Yeah, I actually uh, played with him a little bit this summer, too, and so I knew uh, what kind of player he was coming in, and he's a, he's a fantastic player. And once again, I have Leon playing on uh, the other wing with me, so it's exciting to get these uh, us three together because I know they're two really fast-skilled guys, and I can give them the puck and just go to the net and not worry about getting it back because I know it will be on my tape at some point. Uh, last season, you played a lot on the line with uh, Brent Gates Jr. How, what, what was it like playing with him on the line? What you like he, about him? I, I like to talk about Gates a lot because he's improved so much as as his, uh, from his freshman year, sophomore year. I've seen him in the summertime all like putting his extra work in the weight room and with current skating dynamics, and it's unbelievable uh, just how much he's improved with the skating and his shooting. It's he's having a great year so far. We always play three games, but you can just see the improvement in his shot and his speed, and he feels more confident. So um, he, he's developing so well here, and I can't wait to see what he's got this year. How have you improved? Uh, well, I, I think my speed's gotten better, and I've been working on my shot a lot, and Cal's been helping me a lot with my strength in the weight room, so I've been doing the current skiing dy dynamics too uh, growing up, so I mean, I think I've been doing the same stuff as I have in the past, and I just think that you keep working hard on the offseason, it'll show in the, in the regular season. Is there an over-under for how many sticks you're going to break this year? Hopefully not close to what I had last year. That's pretty disappointing, but... Um, I don't know. Hopefully it doesn't happen to me. I, I don't have much to say about that. <laughs> you guys have 21 goals in three games. What's working so well with this offense? Why are you guys, I guess, starting much better than you did last year? I think it starts with our uh, blue line. Their their ground game and working below the goal line's been uh, amping the rest lines and like Romanko, Ramsey, uh, you know, Gates. They've been playing so well together down there, and um, I think just them leading the example of how to play down low has been amping some of the lines up, like uh, my line especially when you get below the goal line more. And we have great D that are coming and shooting more too. And 
and they're scoring a lot of goals. So I just think the way we're moving the puck to each other and, and getting more shots, that's why we're scoring a lot more. Offense has been a strength for you guys early this year. What's working so well for you guys? Yeah. I think we've been, we've been very effective so far, you know. I don't, I don't know how many goals we've had, but when we have our chances, we put it in the net. Um, like against the U.S. team, we recently we were even in shots almost, but we got the goals and they didn't. How much does it help confidence to be able to score that much early on? I think you guys had 21 goals in three games. Obviously, that's perfect. You know, last season we opened the first three and we had, I think, one. And now we opened the first three and we have 20-ish maybe. So, well, obviously it gives us confidence and like also prove of what this group can do in the future. What do you know about this St. Cloud team? A lot different than last year. Yeah, I don't know much. Uh, I know they had a couple that left, so they also still have. I, I know they still have a good, a good, uh, good group of guys and uh, guys that can score. Uh, good power play, uh, good off the rush, but we'll go through the over the scout here in the next couple of days. Can you feel the intensity when you play those in-state rivalries? I mean, does it feel feel different? Uh, yeah. Um, Obviously, it's a rivalry, and that's number one, which makes the game different. And also, it's like we know we're playing a really good team, a good ranked team. And, uh, you know, we have, uh, we have, since I got here, we've been a little, bit, a little bit up and down against St. Cloud, so I'm really excited to get, get going. What kind of lessons have you learned from those battles with the in-state schools for this year? Um, you know, it's, uh, you can always take away things, but I don't think there's anything different between doesn't really matter who you play and uh, I just think you can learn from every game and this year is a new game or a new year a new season and a new group of guys so we're just resetting and starting it over. This year you're playing on the line with uh, Vinny and Rep. Like, what have you seen from uh, Rems early on so far? Obviously as you guys can see he's a really good shot uh, you know how to score the puck. Um, he's a little bit like me in the, in the like in the game I think he's uh, fast he's quick yeah pretty smart um, I think his transition over from uh, junior hockey has been, been good. Obviously, we, we still have a lot of things to work on uh, as a team and as a, as a line, but I think we have, we have the pieces, now we're just going to lay the puzzle here. What have you guys been do, doing to kind of help him come along uh, as a line? Uh, not much, actually. You just, just treat him as anyone else, and I think that's how he wanted to be treated. He works hard, he stays out after practice, and he makes sure that he takes care of himself. So. He makes sure he does that, and we try to help him as good as we can, and it's gonna, he's going to be in the team here in no time. Man, I like the speed that your line has. It just looks like everybody, not only your line, but everybody is faster this year. Yeah, I think we're going to uh, – uh, that's probably Cal's, Cal's – uh, what do you call it? Because of Cal, you know, <laughs> working hard over the summer, and uh, he's, he's a great strength and conditioning coach. So works a lot of speed and not as much on power and stuff, so I'll give that to him. What have you learned to love most about these in-state rivalries coming from the outside? Just the fans, I would, I would say, like going up to St. Cloud, you know, you're going to play in the back barn and uh, the student section is probably going to be full in the warm-up and it's loud. Uh, you know, it's also great scoring. What can you compare it to from your home? From my home? Um, there is a, uh, well, actually, I, I can com compare it to a game or rivalry we had uh, with uh, the team when I was 12. Um, just, just, just hated them. Really, it wasn't good. I was nervous f for weeks before that, and obviously, I'm not nervous and stuff like that anymore. But it's, it's uh, you really want to win, and that's that's a comparison. What team was that? What team were you? What team was that? There, uh, I was Stuxend, which is a team in Northern Stockholm, and they were 
uh, down through the Nubai. So it was like the same uh, district kind of. And so we were on the left side of the highway and they won the right side of the highway and we we're probably the best two, two best teams in the country. And I went to school with a couple of guys and as it was, you wanted to win those games. Bragging rights, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have to buy a program to figure out who these Huskies are, huh? Well, uh, Bob and I actually talked, they, you know, they've got some new guys this year, but, you know, at the same time, they, they have a great nucleus returning. Um, a lot of guys that were younger last year as freshmen maybe played behind those, those seniors but still scored 25, 30 points each. Uh, five of their six defensemen are returning, probably the one area that they're uh, new is, is in the nets. Uh, we're losing both our goaltenders and, you know, similar situation we were in a year ago with, with some of the turnover, but... Um, I think that probably the one thing that hurt them last weekend more than any other is they, they didn't play any games the week before. You know, Mankato had played a couple games, and, you know, it does take a while to get back at that, that tempo and that pace. Not to diminish the, the games in Alaska, but, you know, full houses this weekend, TV coverage. Is there almost a sense of this is kind of the start of the season? Well, I... I... I think that uh, yes and no. I, I mean, I, I think anytime you're playing games, you, you feel like the season's going, going moving forward. But at the same time, obviously, the, the home. You know, you go on the road and you play a couple games, and you know you play an exhibition game. It's not the same feel as when you're playing at home. And you know, this is obviously going to be different this weekend from a standpoint of our first real home game, and then really a, a difficult road environment to play in. And our guys haven't been up there for a few years, and you know, St. Cloud's a difficult place to play, and that'll be their home opener, so they're they're going to have a lot of juice. So um, it's going to be a lot more difficult. The speed limit's going to go up. The skill level. When you make a mistake, you're going to you're going to pay more um, when you make a mistake this weekend. How do you prepare for that in practice? Well, just you have to competitiveness of your practice, uh, the speed and tempo that you're practicing at. Um, you know, uh, that's going to be critical. Uh, we know that when we play uh, St. Cloud State that uh, if you mismanage the puck, they're always a really good transition team, uh, good off the rush, uh, and they're going to make plays. And, and uh, so if you're going to turn pucks over, uh, uh, that's the difference. I mean, you maybe you played a team the opening weekend that, that weren't going to uh, make you pay for your mistakes, but when you're playing a, a more highly skilled team, that's gonna, then, then they're going to make you pay. A lot was made about your record versus in-state teams mm -hmm. last year. Is it, do you look at it that way, or is it just non-conference games it's, that you have to? Well, it's a little both. I mean, what happened last year really is last year. I mm -hmm. mean, it's a, this is our year, a different year, and, um, you know, we look at it more. I mean, non-conference is important, and it doesn't matter who we're playing. You know, going up to Anchorage is important not to give a, give a game away. It's important to, uh, you know, have some success to St. Cloud, and then, you know, then you're on to Clarkson, St. Lawrence. So we know we have 16 uh, road, I mean, uh, non-conference games this year, and that's critical, especially how we've talked about uh, in our league, at least up till this year, that they're all front-loaded. So you, you want to get off to a, a better start. Has that been a point of emphasis, especially uh, with the schedule where there's several ranked teams in the stretch? Well, I, we haven't gotten ahead of ourselves. I mean, we haven't talked about anything moving beyond this weekend. I think we just... You know, what we do as coaches and players, I mean, you just kind of live in the moment. And, you know, you, you prepare for a weekend, and, and Saturday's over. And, you know, Sunday you, you kind of sit back, and, you know, the players can have a day off, and then it all begins on Monday. So it, it's so much week to week. And you're going to have good weekends. You're going to have bad weekends. And, you know, when a weekend's over, good or bad, you have to have a little amnesia and, and just move forward and, and prepare for the next weekend. But, um, you know, what we do non-conference is important. I mean, we... I mean, we Gave some games away non-conference. It cost us come the end of the year, and you know now we're we're two and zero non-conference, and we have fourteen more to go.
all five Minnesota programs are ranked. Do you remember the last time that happened? No, I, I, you know, I think that just speaks volume of, you know, they're good programs. They're all good programs. And, you know, we've all, you know, found success, you know, as we've, as we've branched off. And, you know, Bemidji and Mankato might be the two best teams in the WCHA this year. Obviously, St. Cloud's been very, and UMD been very successful in their league. So um, I think it, it's good for hockey in our state. You know, we've talked about, you know, I think you look at the commitment the, the schools have to their programs, you know, the new buildings up in Duluth and Bemidji and, you know, the, the uh, renovations at Mankato and um, St. Cloud that, um, I mean, they're premier programs in the country. I mean, that, that's the reality, and, and uh, that's why they're having the success they're having. You mixed up the lineup a little bit after the Alaska trip. Are you pretty happy with the way things started out? Uh, you know what? I, I, I like our lines right now. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, I, I really like the way some of our sophomores are playing right now. I think that's the thing that I'm most happy with. You know, you look at a guy like Ramsey and, and Romenko that, you know, didn't make a, a real strong impact on our team last year. But, you know, this year they're different players. I mean, they've. Uh, they both scored in the exhibition game, but they both look really good up in Alaska. Um, they're really good penalty killers. They, they, they understand their role. Um, you know, obviously Gates getting out of the, um, no pun intended, gate and, and scoring five uh, goals um, in the first three games, even though the couple didn't count this weekend. That just, you know, he's still young. He just turned 19 years old. And uh, I, I've seen a noticeable difference in his, his game as well, too. So, you know, I, I, I think we have some more... Um, Options up front than what we had a year ago, but I mean it, it's still early. It still can change game by game, and uh, you know we'll, we'll see. We'll have a little bit better idea after this weekend. You know what's good and bad about our team. Regarding Gates, what improved the most? Do you think over that from this last year to this? One? Well, I mean he, he missed the the year before he came in. He missed half the year because he broke his leg, and uh, so I think it took him a long time for that leg to get back to 100%, so I think his skating is better. Another year in the weight room, uh, you talk about age, I mean, he, he started his freshman year of college and he was 17 years old, you know, just turning 18, I think his birthday's in early September, so uh, I just think that extra year of maturity, uh, the health factor, um, he scored, you know, quite a bit in USHL before he got hurt, and you could see the way he could shoot a puck in practice, but, you know, he wasn't in a position to get there all the time. And I think he's, he's learning how to, you know, compete at a higher level uh, day in and day out, and I think that was important for him too. You never want to take penalties, obviously, but knowing Bob's teams mm -hmm. and that reputation for that power play, I mean, going back to when he was here, yep. does yep. that change, you know, what, what you say to guys or, you know, well, I you think it's, the game? Well, I think it's an emphasis, no matter who we play, that, I mean, you don't want to give somebody six or seven power plays. I mean, you're just playing with fire in that situation. And, um, you know, if you could maybe have to kill three or four a night, uh, we're not a team that, you know, we're not going to uh, run people over. I mean, we're more of a, a speed-based team. Uh, we're not the biggest team. We have to still learn to go through some people. I think that, that we have to do a better job with that. Um, but I, I think the one thing you take away from the first couple weekends of how the game is being called is that you have to play the game with your feet. The minute you start reaching with your stick, um, the minute you start grabbing in the corner, you're going you're gonna to get a penalty. And, you know, you just, you just can't do that. And, you know, it's an emphasis, something we talk about. Um, but you just you need those games to see and evaluate how the officials are going to call because we all know how it works. I mean, the players will adjust. It's just, you know, whether if the referees call it tight, the players, you know, have to back off some of the things they do. If they start to let the game go, well, you know, the players are going to start reaching with their sticks. And uh, I think it's good that, that we're going in that direction and, and emphasizing how we want the rules to be called. And that now, now it's up to the players to adjust to that. 
Otherwise, are you kind of expecting the U.S. the same lineup that you did in Alaska and uh, the DOE teams? Um, well, I mean, uh, I think you'll continue to see us probably rotate some players this weekend. Um, you know, uh, Glover's back and available now this weekend. Um, now we got to get him back into, you know, game shape and leaning on somebody. Um, you know, but I like the way the guys have played played uh, on on the back end so far this year. Uh, you know, same thing up front. I mean, we you know we got in 15 forwards in the game last weekend, but you know, barring injury, you know, we're not going to get 15 forwards in the, in the games this weekend. Down 21 goals in three games, given one as an exhibition, but is that? confidence in the bank compared to the last year's Yeah, I think when you, you start out the year, I, I think any player, I mean, you want to get that goal. I mean, you watch that wild game last night, Palmville scored, right? I mean, he was pretty happy because would it take him 20-plus games last year to get that first one. I think when you're an offensive player, the, the sooner you can get that first goal, you're just like, oh, I got that relief. I scored a goal. You know, now somebody's not asking me eight games in the season when you're going to get your first one or, or later. Um, and and I, I think that's the load off the line. So the more you can get on the board early, I think the better it is mentally for a, a player. As a coaching staff, how does that help you identify who your scorers are going to be? Guys well, I think you see that in practice. But again, you have an idea in practice, but it still comes down to who's going to do it in the game. And then you can say, geez, I scored. Scored all these goals in practice, but it still comes down to you got to you got to show me in a game. And uh, you know the guys that are starting to put the puck in the net are you know they'll they'll find their spot in the lineup elevated. And if guys, you know the, the elevator can go up and down on a different line, and uh, we don't really have set lines or anything right now. You know this is kind of how it's fallen out to give us some good balance. I think we talked about that. You know our team was best last year. We had good balance and. The one thing I see this year is we're, I think we have better balance through four lines. Last year, for the half year, we kind of had two lines, and then at the end we had three. Uh, but now I feel like I have a lot of confidence in all four lines and pretty much any situation. When you get a guy like Ram, the freshman, contributing the way he has, it's got to be a good feeling. Well, I mean, he's a lead player. I mean, I think he has a chance to be a real special player. And you see the explosiveness, his vision, I mean, his hands, uh, you know, his hunger to be a lead player. And I think that's infectious on everybody else. So, you know, that's been a nice, you know, boost to our to our guys up front. Because even for for us as coaches, it just gives you more options of, of what you can do. Um, you know, so now you know up the middle, if you got Clues and Novak and, and Ram and, and Romenko, I mean, that's four pretty good centers, different types of players, but you know, all are going to contribute in their own way. Vinny was one of the best face-off guys in the country last year, and, and Rems kind of slid into that center spot. What went into that decision to have him uh, in the middle? Just because the success that Rem had um, playing center a year ago, um, and he's going to he's going to move the puck. I just you know we don't have a lot of right shots, you know, so so you know we needed somebody on on the wing, um, and Vinny's played center, played wing. I mean, he's still going to take some draws. He's you know, he's still going to be the first guy low sometimes in our own zone, so we're not too concerned about that. But, you know, that's where we all have to be a little unselfish. And, you know, that doesn't mean Vinny's not going to play center down the line. Um, but as of today, you know, we kind of like the way it's, it's fallen out with our lines.